Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today I'm speaking with Kyle Silvestro, the founder and CEO at SciTrue. Kyle, how are you today? Good, how are you doing? I'm okay. I almost felt like my tongue was about to get swallowed when I when I said, uh, tell us, you know, who I, who I was speaking with here today. That's that's a first. Uh, really, exci- <laughs> really excited to speak with you, Kyle. I'm glad we were able to get connected if it would be okay with you, I would love if you could give the audience a little bit of a snapshot on, on your background before talking about SciTrue, and then we're going to talk about our kind of main topic at hand here today. Yeah, and I've been in the world of healthcare uh, for almost 20 years now. Started in the area of kind of clinical content as an outsider looking at medical necessity or utilization care. How do we really admit people into a hospital and how do we determine what level of care they should actually be at clinically? Uh, from there, I ended up transferring or, or moving into the world of clinical natural language processing, where I've been for the last 17 years. Um, and for those of you that don't know what NLP is, essentially, it's you know the ability to teach a computer to read and understand human language, specifically in the uh, medical field. And so nine years ago, started uh, SciTrip. And so what I usually always follow that with, Kyle, is give us like the why, how, what of the company. You kind of already gave us your why, right? Every time I speak with an entrepreneur, when they're giving their background, it ties into the why of why the company was started in the first place. So if there's more to it, please share. But if you could tell us more, too, about like the, the what and the how of SciTrue as well, I know the audience would be really curious to, to learn more. Great. So yeah, when I started SciTrue, it was thinking about how do you solve this problem really from the position of CMS. Right. And today we see a lot of waste. We see a lot of inefficiencies. We see a lot of fraud. And the thought process was if I could essentially process all of that data, touch all of that information once, so concurrently process it, we would be able to automate 20, 30 different use cases downstream, um, creating efficiencies in care, essentially removing, in my opinion, up to a trillion dollars in waste. Um, and if you thought about that, what could you do with that money? That really means every American uh, could have healthcare essentially for free. Uh, and that's really was a thought process when starting SciTrip. How do you solve this really dirty data problem that is a, a localized problem, but how can you solve that truly on a national level? Interesting. And, and how did you come up with the name? Uh, I used to be in banking when I, when I started my first career. Uh, and I was able to grow branches quickly and profitably. And as I was signing up for my very first email address, I started thinking about why do people do business with me? And really what I came to is I was honest, I was truthful. And given my last name, I kind of put Cy and True together. And so for my first email address, it was SciTree at Hotmail.com. And uh, fast forward 20 years, uh, you know, maybe not that long, but uh, yeah, fast forward uh, 15, 16 years, I was looking to start a company and I needed a a name you could brand that, you know, was easy. Since SciTree didn't exist, uh, it was only unique to me. It felt like uh, it was meaningful and, you know, the goal is truthful, accurate data. The two went hand to hand. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love when company names have a story like that behind it. Um, that's that's pretty cool. I I went ahead and registered based on some experiences in my life. 
a couple of, or at least uh, I'm not going to tell anyone what they are, but I got the domains like the day that I said, like one day, uh, any, any other businesses that I end up starting are going to use one of these, one of these names that had, you know, personal meaning. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing, uh, the, the intro, the, the background on SciTrue, uh, as well as obviously the why, how, what now our, our big topic at hand, Kyle, that, uh, we, we have you on here today to discuss, and this is, this is not to, not to bash anyone. Right, we're we're talking just about um, just some area, but we are talking about failure in a way or struggles. And today, the main topic is why do big tech firms struggle in healthcare? And and before we get into that, Kyle, I just want to say, I was in the co-working space in Boston uh, for for a company of mine. Uh, this was two or three years ago, and I was in the same co-working space as Haven. You know the the Berkshire Halfway Amazon J.P. Morgan venture when they were in stealth mode. Uh, so, you know to see to see them work on that, and then kind of where things ended up. It that's that's a perfect example, right? Like these big these big firms wanted to go into the now Amazon was the only like big tech firm as part of that that joint venture, but um, it's it's interesting. It, that's why I was so excited to have you on here today too, is to talk about this question because I kind of saw a part of it firsthand. So would love to hear more uh, from your experience on, hey, why do big tech firms tend to struggle in healthcare? And maybe if you have any suggestions, things that maybe they should be doing better uh, at the end, if we have time, we can add that in as well. Healthcare is challenging. Um, I mean, it's a $4 trillion cottage industry. And it's made up of many different disciplines. It's made up of some very modern and some very archaic technology. Um, in some cases, it's put together with, uh, you know, a ball of rubber bands. And, you know, really, truly understanding the uh, kind of the start, the finish, the intricacies of healthcare is challenging. It's challenging for those of us in it. Um, much alone an outsider that's chasing, you know, revenue and opportunity. I mean, $4 trillion is a lot of money, right, to be spent. The, you know, it's easy for a product team to say, oh, if I could only get this percentage of market share pushing this product, you know, into, into this world, we can do all of this downstream, right? And while that's true in a numbers board, it, it's much harder, you know, in reality to achieve. Um, I mean, if you look at truly, you know, starts and stops of, of organizations, right? We all had a, a really interesting promise with this Health Vault account, right? That Microsoft first launched and, you know, the Google Health record. You know, I think there was, um, uh, they underestimated the difficulty in data acquisition. They underestimated the um, fluidity of data. How do you update it, manage it, change it, interact with it? And that's the heart of healthcare, right? If healthcare is about taking care of patients, it should be about clinical data. And how is that data being used to be able to enhance somebody's care, better life, reduce cost, you know, early intervention, different impacts. And I don't know that a lot of times people go into it thinking that. They, they look at it from a dollars and cents perspective. And if we spend X, we're gonna be able to capture Y in market share. Um, but you know, we've seen time and time again, claims that they've made just not work out. 
Um, Watson's the most recent example. Look at how many failure points Watson has had, despite the hype, the press, the announcements. Um, you know, as a small company, as a bootstrap startup that had a solution that has been widely adopted, you know, we've lost business because you've had an organization come in and essentially say, I'll give this to you for free. Don't pay for it, right? As a small company that's, you know, uses revenue to grow and thrive. How do you compete with that? You know, when you have a, a player like IBM coming in. And so the oxygen really is, you know, sucked out of the air. Innovation is stifled in a lot of ways. Um, behind the scenes, you see failure. So you see loss of time, money, and truly what would the impact of, you know, people have been downstream if you had a technology that was successful. Yeah, it's, I, I'm a, I know the, the big, big companies can go in and, and offer up the free option. But I, I'm convinced that like a lot of times why a lot of these companies fail is when you're giving something away for free, there's, there's no like kind of thought process that the user has to go through and saying like, do I, can I not live without, like it's free. So I, I might tend to sign up for it and use it, but if it, like it doesn't, it doesn't equate to that someone's in love with a product or service, right? When it's given away for free, you're using it because it's, it's free. There's no cost. Uh, and I think a lot of companies end up doing this and I'm seeing more and more companies now. And this was always the case in other industries, but I'm starting to see in healthcare, these, these companies that raise these, you know, these, these massive rounds of, uh, these massive rounds of funding. And, um, what's it called? Um, and, and they're going with that strategy in healthcare, like, Hey, we're going to give it away for free as long as we can, uh, and to, to build up our user base and then go from there. But I feel like you don't get from a research perspective, like from just customer feedback, you don't get the best feedback when something's free. It's, it's even worse than, you know, it's that, but it's even worse than that, right? You have alpha products coming out that work in a consumer industry. Let's put something out and innovate over time, right? Even if it's not good, but you know, in most times it's honestly, it's not ready to go to market, right? And so when you get a, a major company like an Amazon, right? Pushing a technology that really isn't ready for prime time. What does it do? It actually hurts the true innovators, right? Because they create doubt in the marketplace. They create, you know, failure points, right? I always tell people before I started SciTree, I probably sold and implemented more of this technology than anybody else. Um, what does that mean? It means I failed more than most people in pushing a really, really early stage technology into the marketplace. And, it, you know, it's because of that, you truly understand what do companies need to be successful and make money. And, you know, and when I started SciTree, the whole goal was, how do I enable a company to sign up with us and make money in 90 days? Uh, most companies can't implement in 90 days, right? So how, how do we enable that to, to occur? Um, and then when I all of a sudden go into discussions, right, I start to, start to see marketing and collateral coming out. That was stuff I used 12, 14 years ago, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's not beneficial for the market. It's not helpful. And then when they don't get adoption after they've given it away for free, they drop the price by 95%, right? 
right? I mean, it wasn't good to begin with. Why is it going to be better if it's 95% cheaper? Uh, announcements that are being made are like, it's child's play a little bit. Hey, we could do snowmen now. Great, right? We've been doing snowmen for nine years. Other vendors have been doing it too. Why is this something that's a unique, you know, an announcement? Again, it's just uh, sucking oxygen out of the air. And because of the budgets that they have in marketing, you know, people are willing to accept those dollars and push a narrative. Unfortunately, that is, uh, you know, based upon marketing and, and not reality. Yeah, and it's, you continue to see that over and over again with, with lots of companies. So it's, it's definitely interesting that, well, it's, when you look more into it, you realize that there's, there's a reason why it just continues to happen. And it doesn't, uh, it, 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 we haven't reached that point where it's kind of stopped altogether. Um, hopefully, right. It'd be great, Kyle, to live in a world where these type of structures don't exist, uh, in the next couple of years, but I still think we have a long way to go before that's the case. What's what's next, Kyle? As far as with uh, with you and SideTrue, I appreciate your thoughts on this topic too. That we were able to talk more about it, and then also real quick, I guess if you want to add any thoughts on what you think they could be doing to like resolve like having these failures or having these these struggles within healthcare, these big tech firms. If you want to add anything, if you don't, completely understand. But if you do, now's the platform, and then I guess follow it up with what's next for for SideTrue. Now, I understand core business, right? It's uh, amazing how many times that people branch off from a core business to chase opportunities that, that ultimately aren't, you know, as successful as they would have hoped. Uh, I mean, if you look at, you know, some of the players that created infrastructure, yeah, you're an infrastructure play. You don't need to have every single kind of vertical and try to capture every single piece of market share for a service, right? If your job is the infrastructure, do a better job at servicing that. You know, how do you drive down price? How do you drive down cost? How do you increase capacity, speed, efficiency, security, right? And the areas that are going to matter for a business that's using you as their core backbone. Um, it's uh, capitalism's, you know, competition. We'll compete with anybody. And we'll compete head to head and I'll make that, you know, available, you know, but when, you know, you're talking about, are you truly trying to sell healthcare or are you just trying to make a dollar? And healthcare has problems that need to be solved. People are, you know, being impacted every single day. And if the mission isn't to enable um, better interactions, better customer experiences, better outcomes and to reduce cost, you know, why are you going into the marketplace? This shouldn't be a thing about shareholder return at one level, right? It, it needs to be about what is the impact you're going to actually have downstream. So that would be the advice. I mean, I think there's fantastic things that can happen, right? I think the, 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 the possibilities ahead in, in the advancement that can be made in machine learning and AI, you know, if you truly have a accurate longitudinal platform, longitudinal data record, we're just scratching the surface here and these big tech firms, you know, especially a lot of the cloud providers are creating found, you know, fantastic foundational abilities to be able to do that. Right. And so there's real core competency in, in playing in there. Right. We already have, I don't know how many fire providers we already have, you know, people like snowflake that do data aggregation. We already have 
really top-notch players across the various um, you know tech stacks why try to compete with you know partners why not just enable them to be you know more successful because all these companies are going to do is make money in the background with the hosting services in a lot of these big tech plays right where they're going after and then there's some other other variances from there so that would be kind of the advice i think uh you create an ecosystem where everybody benefits, but really needs to be patient focused. Um, and how you bring true technology in to be able to make the experiences better. Completely agree with you. Um, well, Kyle, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, sharing your thoughts on this important issue. Hopefully we can have you on again soon to, to cover some other issues, but appreciate your time today and uh, you know, wish, wish you and the rest of the SciTrue team all the best of luck with everything. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to the discussion and happy to talk again at any time.